Now, this is Guitar Shorty, and you're listening to one of my tunes on the Blues and the Blood Show. Your first stop for the best of the blues. I was born in Texas, in the Long Star State, way back in 39. I got my first break. Teacher said to me, What you gonna do? I said, My name is Guitar Shorty. And I was born to play the blues. I still dress up. And I'm still looking good. I got to stick it to life, baby. I got the blues. Got my first guitar when I was just six years old. I was a blues man by seven. That's when I hit the road from Route 66 to Interstate 5. Answer to my question. I found the key to my life. I've been the hell of back, and I'm still looking good. I found the fountain of youth, baby. I got the blues in my blood. been good, baby, for this hard-working man, play my guitar called Red, and I drive a Lincoln sedan, live by the ocean, boy, I'm doing mighty fine, out here in California, where the sun always shines, I I got the streak it up line, baby. I got the blues in my blood. Well, hello there, and welcome to another Blues in the Blood show. This is show 383. It's great to have you back with me for another episode of the show. I want to welcome my friends from around the United States and those from around the world. Today's show is a great celebration. Show number 383 is celebrating the life of David William Kearney, also known as Guitar Shorty. Shorty was born on September 8, 1934 in Houston, Texas, and uh, he was raised in Kissimmee, Florida by his grandmother. He uh, recently passed away of natural causes on Wednesday, April 20th in Los Angeles. He was 87 years young. 
Uh, on the show today, we're going to include some of his music during his seven-decade career. We're also going to hear comments from some friends and fans. And I, I can tell you right now, many of those messages that I received took a number of times to do. I could tell people were upset. Um, I certainly boohooed a lot, but we will all get through it. And um, I also want to include portions of an interview I conducted with him back in November of 2008. Yep, 14 years ago. Uh, right after Barack Obama had won the presidential election. You know, normally I thank people for doing the introduction to the show, and of course, Guitar Shorty did the intro to this show, and I want to apologize for the quality of that particular um, intro, and that was done during the interview that I had with him, and we were doing it in his hotel room in Roanoke, Virginia, uh, right before his show at the Blue Five restaurant, and uh, his heater kept coming on, and off during the interview and because I wasn't in a studio or a green room somewhere and could control the environment we were kind of stuck with some of the uh, loud noises in the background and stuff like that so uh, you'll hear a lot more of that uh, I guarantee you when you listen to part of the interview but I wanted you to to get to know Shorty a little bit more and the great man that he was and you'll feel that by some of the comments that you're going to hear from his friends and his fans. This next part of the interview that you're going to hear of the show, you're going to hear me intro the show and get going, and we're going to talk about how he got his nickname in some of his early years, and even having Willie Dixon uh, teach him how to sing his own songs on his very first 45 record that he put out. We're going to play that. I can warn you up front, this show is going to be a long one. It's going to, Normally, I keep these shows at an hour in length, but I can guarantee you this show is going to be at least an hour and a half, and my apologies for, for that. You know, um... For over the first 30 years of, of Shorty's career, he recorded very little, but um, it was folks like, like the Chicago Reader that called him a battle-scarred hard-ass. Billboard said he, was, uh, he played blistering modern blues rock with um, galvanizing guitar and forceful vocals. Mojo Magazine once said that he was hard-hitting and unrelenting intensity, and uh, he has incendiary guitar playing. Pace Magazine even said he's a guitar god, unleashing one great solo after another. Well, regardless of how you describe him, he was underrated and underappreciated in his work. And uh, But we're here to honor the man, and also you'll learn he was so very well loved. So friends, I hope you're ready to celebrate the life of Guitar Shorty. As I always say, crank it up, my friends. Let's get this party started. All right, well, hello there. Welcome to another Blues in the Blood show, my friends. On today's show, I have the pleasure to have a brief interview with an incredibly talented guitar blues legend who stands tall among his fellow bluesmen. It's David Kearney. David also goes by the name of the one and only Guitar Shorty. Welcome to the Blues and the Blood Show. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, how'd you get that nickname? I came from a guy named Dewey Richardson out of Tampa, Florida. Gave me that name when I was just a little knee-high to a duck coming up into the music. <laughs> okay. All right, and it's stuck ever since. And it's stuck ever since. The way it came up was uh, I was playing with a guy named Walter Johnson. He had a little small band uh, that I was working with. Mm -hmm. And his wife was, was was the vocalist of the group. Her name was Judy. And uh, so what he did, the agreement that we had made, him and I and my grandma, uh, now I could read music, but I couldn't read good enough to be playing with the orchestra. All right. So he asked me, turn my amp down and my guitar. <laughs> He got me on a tall stool that I could sit up on. He had a little music stand in front of me. He had the music in front of me. He said, now, what I want you to do, David, I was the guitar show today. Mm -hmm. 
But this is what I want you to do, David. You take your guitar, and when the music starts, you stroke your guitar like you're playing rhythm. <laughs> he said, and one of these nights, you might get up enough nerve to turn it up, you know, a little bit. <laughs> that's right. And you'll be right on. You'll be playing rhythm. There you go. And that's how I started. You got your first guitar, according to your lyrics, you got your first guitar when you were just six years old, and you called yeah. yourself a bluesman by seven. Yes, the so guitar that, that, that my grandmother got me, it was a Gene Audrey guitar. A Gene Audrey, okay. Acoustic? Acoustic, The yeah. old, okay. That, that's and great. It, you know, they weren't that big, you know, because I was small when I was a little kid. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I learned on. Hey, Shorty, who were your musical influences growing up? My Uncle Willie. Uncle Willie, okay. Yeah, he's the one that taught me how to play. That's right. I saw that he he taught you how to play. Then he got you learned it so quick. Your grandmother got you a tutor. Got me a tutor. His name was Washington. Okay. Mr. Washington. He was a uh, he was just a little bit taller than a midget, and he was left-handed, but he played guitar right-handed. You couldn't even tell he was left-handed. You saw him hmm. playing the guitar. Anyway, he took me to help my grandmother out because it was, my family was a full family. And um, he, the first lesson he gave me, he left the book with me and everything for me to have the lesson ready for him the next week when he came back. Mm -hmm. When he came back, I went about three pages <laughs> off into the book. When he came back and he said, uh, what's this, David? I said, well, I just got bored. I said, I just want to check it, take a chance to see if I could do it myself. <laughs> And he took me over. He said, he said, you did a great job. I said, well, thank you. Now, you, was that still playing your Gene Autry guitar? Is that, or did you no, move up to? No, my grandmother got me at that time. She got me one of these little uh, silver tone guitars. Okay. Mm -hmm. With the lipstick pickup. <laughs> okay. Now, my first record that, that I did was, first time I ever recorded was with the, uh, with our, um, all of, no, I can't think of it right now. It's out of Chicago. Yeah, uh, Willie Dixon helped you out with that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, I can't think of the name of the company. I had, I, I'm sure I've got it written down here. Cobra. Okay, yeah, it was Cobra yeah. Records. Okay. And so, anyway, uh, that was the first time I ever been in the studio was mm -hmm. with Willie Dixon. It was Willie Dixon and on bass, and he was one that taught me how to sing my own song that I wrote. Yeah, and now, it, was he, he was kind of a, a vocal coach for you for yeah. a while, wasn't he? He yeah. kind of gave you the confidence to break out and sing. And... Hey Dave, thank you very much for paying tribute to Guitar Shorty. He's going to be really, really missed by everybody that was lucky enough to know him. A truly great man, a gentleman of the blues, a great showman, a great performer, a great guitar player, great singer. And a man with an amazing history. I mean, this guy was uh, one of the few remaining people that had recorded in the 1950s in Chicago. He made a couple songs for Cobra Records produced by Willie Dixon. And then, of course, his great sides for the Pull record label, which were produced and arranged by Bob Tate, who was a kind of a Phoenix legendary hero. And uh, we got to know Shorty. He was no stranger to Phoenix. He played just about every year of the 30 years of the rhythm room and uh, was greatly loved by all audiences and he would just play and play sometimes he would do like three and a half hour sets and you couldn't even get him to stop at the end of the night sometimes it was just unbelievable always had a great band always loved life and loved us and called just to check in and say hello oftentimes a really great man and you know a guy that you could call up and ask about history and some of the stuff that he did because the early days you know some of the things that he had done were just really spectacular so anyway we say goodbye to guitar shorty a truly great man in the blues 
and uh, he left his mark. His recordings will live on forever. And God bless Guitar Shorty. Thank you, Dave. All right. Well, I want to thank Bob Cortor, the owner of the uh, Rhythm Room in Phoenix, Arizona, for those kind words about Shorty and provides a great segue into Shorty's first two recorded songs on Cobra Records. And uh, during the interview, he also mentions that Willie had taught him how to uh, sing it. Doesn't really sound like the gravelly voice that we're used to hearing Shorty sound like in in, uh, later years. But at any rate, here's two great tunes off of Shorty's very first 45 on Cobra Records in 1957. money. I didn't say a word. I ain't gonna tell you all I heard. They talking about you all over town. You gave away my love. I'm falling for the child. You gave away my love when I was nowhere around. So I'm leaving you, baby. Put you down. Hello, blues fans. This is Shrimp City Slim, blues musician and promoter out of Charleston, South Carolina. And I'm just meditating on the loss of our dear friend David Kearney, aka Guitar Shorty. Uh, We knew Guitar Shorty pretty well around here because back in the 90s, especially, we had him come through here on a number of occasions to perform in a couple of our local clubs. He was always a very exuberant, happy, upbeat guy and a thrilling performer. It was a little bit after the time when he was um, doing all his acrobatics, but he still put on a very animated stage show. And of course, the music was all there, too. On one occasion, uh, Shorty came to town and the transmission of his van had fallen out and was about he was about to lose his van so i organized a little shade tree situation with a guy up in the hood 
where we were able to get Shorty and his van and um, the necessary parts. Shorty did the work himself and one afternoon replaced the transmission. And after his show the next night, he was on his merry way back on the highways and byways of America. A real blues man, a great guy, very clever entertainer, and he will be sorely missed. So let me just say thank you, everyone, for joining in uh, with me and saying rest in peace to great guitar shorty. My name is Zach Harmon. And I first met Guitar Shorty probably around 1984, 85 in Los Angeles. Uh, I started uh, going to a club called Babe and Ricky's Inn, you know, just to sit in and hear some blues. And uh, of course, there were a lot of guys that, you know, used to hang out there. But, you know, there were some of the guys that were like the the OGs, you know, the real blues guys, you know, and Shorty was one of them, you know, Guitar Shorty, Smokey Wilson, Lowell Filson, you know, guys like that, J.J. Bad Boy Jones, you know, those were the, were the OGs, you know, they were the real guys, and the rest of us was just there trying to learn. And, uh, you know, Guitar Shorty stuck out, man, with that cowboy hat, man, and that screaming guitar, man. Uh, and, and Shorty was just such a, a kind-hearted person, man. Shorty always had something good to talk about, and, you know, he was always full of advice, you know, to help help a young guy, you know, move along in his career. And, uh, you know, I, I, I maintained my relationship with Shorty 
Oh, man, over the years, you know, Shorty and I would call and talk on the phone. Shorty could talk, man. We'd get on the phone. Shorty had me on there for hours talking. <laughs> you know, that was Shorty, man. Oh, man, there's a bunch of stories about Shorty, and I'm sure that people will be sharing over the next few days lots of Shorty stories. But the one thing I got to say is he was a hell of a person, man, and a hell of a blues man, and I'm going to miss him. Goodbye, Shorty. Hi, this is Tad Dickens. I've been working at the Roanoke Times for about 22 years, and one of the highlights of my time was getting to hear guitar Shorty play music down at Elmwood Park around 2006, 2007. He had a couple of shows here around that time, and I got to interview him twice. Um, unfortunately, the podcasts I made from that were lost to the ether, but I do remember him to be just an incredibly affable guy for somebody that sort of had this... Uh, sort of a real gruff sort of uh, demeanor sort of presentation. Um, you know, he was just super, super nice. And then he was a, a wild man on stage, would do anything. He, in his younger years, would do flips and twists and splits and stuff like that. And, and uh, had tons of great stories about hanging out with Jimi Hendrix. They were uh, related by marriage. And he played music with all kinds of amazing people, including Ray Charles and T-Bone Walker. So he was out there. He was a real blues man and also really a sweetheart. I remember at uh, one of the blues festivals down at Elmwood that he was playing and he stepped out from the stage and goes and wanders around the audience like you do and uh, wound up interacting with this little kid and it was just the sweetest you know you let the kid touch the guitar and sort of hit the strings and stuff like that while Shorty was playing with one hand sort of hammering it on hammering on him pulling off of the strings and the little kid was just enraptured just having the, the greatest time and Shorty clearly was too he looked like you know here's a new young convert to the blues I should have tried to keep up with that kid and see what he's up to now but I did not and uh, unfortunately haven't spoken with Shorty in a long time um, he hasn't been here and and now he's gone and and uh, I hope he rests in peace and that he's hanging out with all his good old blues and soul buddies that he got to jam with over the years and blues and rock and roll and soul and R&B heaven. That's what we can all hope for. Goodbye, Guitar Shorty. Rest in peace. All right, well, we are treated to Guitar Shorty's You Don't Treat Me Right. And the other flip side of that 45 was Irma Lee, and that's his first single and from in 1957 on Cobra Records, with a little help from the one and only Willie Dixon. You know, I got to mention too, part of uh, Tad's comments was mentioning about the acrobatics that Guitar Shorty was known for and also his involvement with uh, Jimi Hendrix going AWOL. He actually, Hendrix actually went AWOL in 60, 1961 and 1962 to go hear Shorty play. And uh, you'll hear Shorty talk about that later on in the show. I did want to mention, you know, I, I did see Shorty play a, a number of times, but I saw him, one show I remember in particular was at the uh, Capitol Ale House in Richmond. He was playing a show with Kenny Neal, and uh, he went on first, and lo and behold, he jumped off the stage and walked through the crowd, and believe it or not, he opened the back doors and went out on the main street of downtown Richmond, Virginia, and played out in the middle of the street for his entire song. Just incredible, incredible showman. And let's hear that part of the interview with Guitar Shorty right now. 
Now, I've read that you used to do flips and somersaults and all kind of crazy-ass stuff. I mean, yeah, I still do it now sometimes. Oh, God. You're kidding me. Yeah, I still do it sometimes. In fact, this well, year I was in Mumbay Bombay with uh, Walter Trout, mm -hmm. Buddy Guy. I did a show right there. You talk to him, you see Buddy, I mean, you see <laughs> Walter, he asked him. I turned the flip right down the stage with him. Wow, and that's incredible. And scared him, he couldn't believe it. <laughs> and when I hit them and I run with the guitar and I flip and land and he heard all that noise, he had his back turned. <laughs> he he turned around and looked at me, oh, are you all right? And I said, yeah, what happened? <laughs> How did you ever come up with the idea to do that? Is that something, a trick you'd seen from... Uh, some... uh, that came, that my show, the live show when me jump around with the guitar is a takeoff of Guitar Slam. Okay, that, that was, I had my notes, but I wasn't sure yeah. if that was the case or not. I used to see Slim, when he started singing, love like quicksand, you can't stop when you're singing down. <laughs> and I said, oh boy, here we go. You know, <laughs> he grabbed that guitar and he'd run one end of the stage to the other one. And he would just have a fit. That's, incre that's then incredible. Then he would run back and get out the edge of the stage and his uh, ballet would back into the stage. He would climb up on his ballet shoulders. <laughs> put the guitar behind his head and he would walk down through the crowd. Guitar Slim had a chord that's about a 200 feet chord. Mm -hmm. Walk down through the crowd as far as he couldn't come back. Well, before I get up to a follow-up question for that, I heard it. Um, is it true that Jimmy once said that he put gasoline, you know, gasoline on his guitar would burn it because he couldn't do a flip? Yeah, he is told that, me flip. He, he, he tried it. got hurt. <laughs> okay. And he told me, he said, bro, he said, you can have them flip. <laughs> he said, I don't want them. He said, it's he safer said, burning yeah. up a guitar. So he started sitting his guitar fire. <laughs> that, that's wild. I was watching a movie recently on the internet. I was trying to see if they had any of your concerts. Yeah. And I, I saw one recently that it looked like you were playing your guitar. You walked out of the bar. You walked around and you did a whole complete circle in a parking garage. Mm -hmm. I still do that. And you still and you were still playing the song. Then you eventually yeah. get up in there. Whatever made you think of that? Well, I, I, I was I dream a lot about mm -hmm. performing, and I was thinking about that. First, I used to take my I had a two hundred and fifty foot chord, mm -hmm. and I used to go all the way out in, in the audience with the guitar. But there was so much I could do with the chord. Right, right. And what what happened was one time I did that and there was somebody in the, in the audience when I was out playing my guitar for the people from the table to table mm -hmm. much as I could go somebody cut the cord oh no kidding and uh, I'm there going through the motion nothing happened so I said oh my goodness I pulled the cord and I saw it, picked it up looked at it it was cut so I went back to the stage made an announcement told yeah. everybody so ladies and gentlemen I don't know what happened I had an accident with the cord I know it was cut but I just mm -hmm. said it. Well, at least that's the only thing that you did with that knife. And uh, anyway, when, I, when that happened, the guy came up and made the an announcement himself on the mic. He said, I did that. He said, he said I'm so sorry, Shorty. I caught myself, you know, being funny, but I, I seen it. It's not funny. Well, good. At least and he came, he came said, clean. He apologized to me in front of all the crowd. And he wanted to pay me for it. I said, no, that's okay, man. Forget it. Hmm. Wow. And then, I, then I ended up getting the walk of the wireless now. Uh -huh. Okay, so that that's how you did that yeah, then. Okay, yeah, all right. You know, they can't, well, they can't cut that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good to see them try. Uh, here's a little known fact I'm sure most of my listeners won't know about, but I've heard that you even appeared on the Gong Show. Yes, I did. And you were you were playing the guitar standing on your head. Now tell me about that. That sounds funny as hell. Well, the way that happened, there was a friend of mine in Los Angeles, California. He came to me one afternoon when I was getting off work and asked me, well, I'd like to join, be on the Gong Show. I said, what's that? I didn't know what it was. 
Because I was driving a little tractors and trail out mm -hmm. on ranches and stuff, this, this, this. At that time, I was dumping shavings and dipping ranches mm -hmm. and playing music at night. So uh, he said, uh, would you like to be on that show? After he told me what it was. Mm -hmm. I said, you think you can get me on that? He said, yeah. I said, well, I don't know. I said, yeah, I'll go. You think you can get me on it? He got on the phone and called up the office and told, told him to bring me in. So I went in and I met Chuck. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Shorty? I said, well, uh, I'm a truck driver, and which I didn't lie to it. Right. Oh, you're a truck driver. You want to be on the gun show? <laughs> I said, sure, I would love to if I can. So I had to fill out all the papers and everything, you know, social security number and everything. Mm -hmm. He said, okay. He said, we got an audition going on, yeah, but the audition would be, uh, can you think you can make it back here tomorrow? I said, around 6 o'clock? Yeah. So I went back the next day at 6 o'clock. <laughs> and did it on your head. And uh, when I did the audition for him, and when I got through, he said, come over with me back in my office. And he had me sit down. He said, now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if you're driving trucks or not. He said, but uh, he said, you are professional. He said, I ain't never seen nobody do that with a guitar. Wow. I said, honest, I am. I'm, I'm driving trucks. I'm a truck driver. <laughs> He said, well, I'll tell you what, we, we leave all that alone. He said, this would be a good break for me. I'm so tired of seeing all this stuff going down. He said, I want to run off the stage sometime. They had, yeah, they had some crazy-ass stuff on that show. It, 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 I'm sure you added some class to the show, even though you were playing on your head. Yeah. And I heard you even came in first place. Is that I true? Did. Oh, that's Okay. That, they, they gave me all points plus. <laughs> that's why. And in fact, J.P. Morgan was one of my judges. Okay. Yeah. Don Rankles too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I forget the other guy's name, but it was three of them. Hmm. And Don Rankles told me, he said, Shorty, if you keep that up, you're going to go a long ways on your head. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Now, you've, you've also been a tremendous influence on other guitarists, and I think um, two that come to mind I've heard that you've been credited for is Jimi Hendrix and also Buddy Guy. Yes. Um, now, tell us about your relationship to Jimi. I found out that Jimmy had been coming to see me. He went AWL many mm -hmm. times. When he found out where I was playing out, if he's in the area, he'd always come check me out. He was, uh, let's see, the brother of his stepsister was you married? Yeah. Right? yeah okay. He, uh, he was uh, Marsha's uh, stepbrother. Okay. Okay. And so anyway, he just go AWL just to watch <laughs> me. And so never, I never. I had you know, idea that he was Marsha's brother. You know, oh, no, okay, really, okay. Well, she kept telling me when we was like, together, she said, I want you to see my brother. You got to meet my brother, but she never did tell me we were. Hmm. And so uh, it's about two years had passed, and he was coming in for a family reunion. And, uh, and she said, I want you to meet my brother. He's coming to town next week. I said, okay, I'd be glad to meet him. <laughs> So anyway, uh, when Jimmy came in, I was at, oh, at uh, his father's house, and when he came in with, his, with all the all the guys that he was running with, right, and uh, he was embracing everybody. I'm standing up there looking at him, and, and she said, "Honey," he said, "I want you to meet my brother." And I looked at Jimmy, walked up to him, and shook his hand. He said, "Hi, Shorty." <laughs> Man, it's so good to see you here now. 
embraced me and he said, you're one of the most amazing guitar players I ever heard or seen. So I learned a lot from you. And then when we got through shaking hands and talking, she came up to me, she said, you know Jimmy? I said, I've been knowing Jimmy for years. Hmm. I knew Jimmy when he was with Little Richard. Mm-hmm. And he used to hang around with the Isaac brothers and all of them. I know we we way before back. that. Oh, wow. Okay. So you just never knew the connection then. Okay. <laughs> no. And I've heard now you can, if you, he watched you and I guess picked up, you influenced him enough that you can hear even some of your riffs and some of his songs. Um, yeah. When I play guitar, you can't help but hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's nothing for me. I can pick up his stuff and play it. You're like, thought that was my style. You know, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right, well, let's now start up with our second set. Shorty made a number of uh, records in the 90s for the New Orleans-based Blacktop Records. Let's hear from three albums that he made off on Blacktop Records back in the 1990s. Just can't run away, run away from 
Hello, this is AJ Gross of AJ Presents and the Big Blue Spender. My sympathies and thoughts are with the entire Guitar Shorty family of friends, fans, musicians. It's truly heartbreaking to lose someone as gifted as Shorty. We hope all of you can take a moment to think about him the last time you saw him or the last time you listened to him and have a good thought. Maybe we can cut it off right after a good thought. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate your help and for uh, doing this show for Shorty. Just want to pay my respects and condolences to Guitar Shorty and his family. Everybody that loved him, we're all really going to miss him. He was such a sweet man and would always have a big smile on his face whenever we ran into him at festivals and at gigs across the United States and Canada. He's a really, really sweet man. And uh, last time I saw him was at Simi Valley and he sounded great, looked great. He was always putting on the best show and uh, really gonna miss Shorty. Love you, man. And big love to everybody that loves Shorty. Hi folks, this is Mick Colasa. And I've gotta say that I'm just one lucky guy. I had the chance to see and meet so many amazing people, especially blues people. And of all the folks I've met, you know, it's easy to say that somebody is one of a kind. But I've got to say that David Kearney, guitar shorty, was absolutely one of a kind. Never has been, never will be anybody else like him. An amazing guitar player whose antics on stage shocked you. Well into his 80s, that man could be a cannonball turning flips on stage while playing guitar that I only wish I could do. He was just stunning. You know, and I had the honor and pleasure of spending time with him, talking about blues, talking about songwriting, and planning to do things we never had a chance to do. To me, the ultimate shorty song is Clean Up Man. Great blues, that classic blues macho attitude over the top making fun of the macho attitude and shorty knew that when he sang it it was over the top it was blues comedy at its best it's a song that i've often sung because it's so much fun i always thought of shorty when i sang it and I will never not think of him when that song comes up. Shorty, thanks for bringing some amazing blues to all of us. I'm gonna miss you, man.
Guitar Sorty was, in my opinion, very underrated. On top of being just an exciting showman and monster guitarist, he was a sweetheart. I learned a lot, not just being on stage with him, but more so from the countless conversations he had. He always supported me and encouraged me to be myself and let it fly. He used to tell me, kid, don't let them put you in a box. Be you. Rest in peace, Shorty. Hey, this is Bobby Black Hat. I met Guitar Shorty when he popped into an open mic uh, one night at a little place called Paul's Deli in Williamsburg, Virginia. And uh, he just walked in with several of his band members. They were in the area. And uh, very unassuming, but a presence. As soon as you saw him, it was a presence about him. And at this little small open mic, he and his guys got up, and they just ripped the roof off the place. And it was one of those moments where you just sit there and you go, wow, this this is this is blues at its finest this is about as real as it can get i've been a fan of guitar shorty for years and years and to finally meet him in person and to be able to get on the stage and play a little harp behind him at this little open mic was quite an honor his influence on music whether it be blues or other genres is immeasurable and he will be sorely sorely missed by everyone who loves music particularly if you love the blues yes Another blues man done been called home. When I met Shorty, I was working at a transmission shop in Harlington, and he brought his van in for service, and we talked about 45 minutes. We talked about music and stuff, but we talked about cars a lot. And uh, he said his uncle had an old car that's uh, broken down with weeds growing around it and stuff, and his uncle said, if you can fix it, it's yours. So he said, Spent a lot of time and money, I guess, but he finally had a car. And uh, he also did barrel racing on a motorcycle when he was young. His grandma made him quit riding after he'd gone and busted himself up real bad in a wreck. But he had this incredible reach and, and, and grasp. Of course, you hear it in his guitar playing. The first time I saw him play, was in a small intimate setting where it's one of those clubs that that's what they say when they squish the band in the corner so they can fit another paying customers in so they can pay the band and uh, i sat at the bar i was about six feet from him 
and he just completely blew me away. He was most powerful playing high energy from the gut. I'd heard in a long time. It picked me up. It took me on a journey. And it's an experience I hadn't had in a long time. So he's just an extremely powerful guitar player. And uh, put him in a small group of people that, that, that play like that. And there's a lot of, it was just one of the many things that uh, made up his, uh, his unique sound. Besides all the electronics, the pedals, the reverb, you know, uh, the twin reverbs, the equipment, and his playing styles. But it, it was his style alone. And that was in 2009. So he wasn't doing backflips anymore. He was playing stuff from Watch Your Back and with people though. Some very serious and polished and hard-hitting albums recorded at Alligator Records. And uh, I think he emerged in the 2000s as a, he re-emerged as a, as, a, as a stronger player and he more serious songwriter. And uh, he was, he was singing about different topics now. I once asked Shorty, what do you think about Robert Johnson? He said, why is everybody always talking about Robert Johnson? What about M.R. James? That's who they ought to be talking about. <laughs> and uh, that was his, his, one of his big heroes. Uh, Shorty was genuine, soft, and, and warm with people. And his lyrics were point blank. They hit hard subjects. Like love and betrayal. I don't have no underwear looks like this. I can't even fit in this. Uh, you're sleeping with the enemy. And of course, uh, he had his happy songs too, about things he loved, like Texas Woman, Hard Life. And then later on, he got a little political with uh, Please Mr. President on Bare Knuckle, with the We the People in 2006. And uh, he... He always kept reinventing himself and coming back better and better every time. And uh, of course, he had a lot of help at Alligator with Wizard and Bruce over there. It was a great, great effort to put out. Great album. Uh, I once asked him uh, how long he was going to play. And he said, until the man upstairs calls me home. And he did. Here he finished some recordings just a, a week or two before he passed. He was always ready to give of himself. He had concern for others, true concern for others, and patience with him. Not always with the band, but he, was, he never sugarcoated anything with us. And uh, but he, apart from the work aspect of the band, he was, a, he was very warm and patient. Just when he needed something on stage, he'd let you know real quick. Uh, one time there was a badass bass player in Brownsville, Jay Pena. Shorty said, Go ask him to give you a lesson. Ask him to give you lessons. I said, well, I don't really know him that well, you know. And he said, I wasn't too embarrassed to ask George Benson and Wes Montgomery for lessons. And that's how he encouraged constant growth. And he was my key to places I've never imagined, and uh, peoples and experiences. And I just hope that I can love others the way that he did. Rest in peace, Shorty.
Break me off a piece of that spoke top, baby. Break me off a piece of that meat. Break me off a piece of that spoke top, baby. You look good enough to eat. Break me off a piece of that spoke top, baby. Break me off a piece of that meat. Break me off a piece of that spoke top, baby. Stopping traffic on the street. Well, that great set of shorties started off with I Just Can't Run Away With The Blues, and that's off of his 1993 Blacktop record or album called Topsy Turvy. That particular album cover had Shorty doing his one of his flips, and you can see he actually uh, looks like he's standing on his head. Uh, following that particular tune, we had his song called I'm the Cleanup Man. You'll find that on his Get Wise to Yourself 1995 Blacktop record. And we ended up with the Pork Chop song, kind of a cute little tune I just wanted to throw in there. That was off a of Rollover Baby that was put out in 1993. And I did want to mention the uh, second uh, comment that we had from our from our special guest uh, following A.J. Gross was Evan Caleb Gutierrez. Uh, you may or may not recognize his name, but he's now leading the band called Son of Cain. And believe it or not, yeah, that's Candy Cane's son, Evan. I've seen him play a number of times and certainly appreciate his kind message, along with uh, AJ and Mick, of course. The second set of, of comments that we had started off with one from Billy the Kid. That's from Billy the Kid and the Regulators. Certainly appreciate 
uh, him uh, offering his comments, and of course, Bobby Blackhat. And we ended up with the final comment was from what his former bass player, uh, Robert Townsend, who uh, was kind enough to leave a message and also had posted on, on Facebook, and I wanted to read a part of this, that he said, it's so sad to hear yesterday David Kearney, a.k.a. Guitar Shorty, passed on. He was such a wonderful person. He taught me not only to, how to play music, but how to treat others. Always ready to give of himself. When it came to his fans, he had plenty of time. Twelve days before my, my mother Gloria's passing, he drove us from Chicago to Austin nonstop to put another big smile on her face. It's who he was. I love you, Shorty. And uh, special thanks to uh, Robert for uh, sending me those words of love. Appreciate that. You know, Shorty joined Alligator Records in 2004 and released three of his best-selling records. Watch Your Back in 2004, We the People 2006, and Bare Knuckle in 2010. Let's uh, hear a tune from each one of those records on our third set. Let's start off with Let My Guitar Do the Talking. My axe in my hand And I sure feel good But don't think I come here To chop some wood The blues I've got Don't need no more fuel To glow in the dark From hot to cool Small explosion Of heat and light When the house gets the rocket let my guitar do the talking. Let my fingers do the walking. When my love come a knocking. Let my guitar do the talking. Cause I say what I mean. And I mean what I play. Let my
My name is Carrie Hurley, and I used to own a blues and jazz club in Roanoke, Virginia. I first met Guitar Shorty when I had the pleasure of booking him at my club because the arts council in my city was putting on a week of all different kinds of art, and they helped me pay for it. I'd been wanting to book Guitar Shorty because I also had a radio show at the time and had been playing a lot of his music. David Kearney, a.k.a. Guitar Shorty, was an awesome human being. He was kind and gracious, and I was really surprised at the energy level he had for a man his age. When uh, the band pulled up that evening and started unloading, it was Shorty up in the trailer moving all the equipment. I asked the bass player, who was much younger, why he wasn't helping him. He said Shorty wouldn't let them help because he had a certain way of doing it and he had the energy level of a 25-year-old and it must be all the Native American blood that he had running through his veins. <laughs> he put on a great show that night and I really enjoyed meeting him. A while later, I got him booked at Roanoke College and the night before his show, after they had checked into their room, Shorty wasn't feeling well and actually had to go to the emergency room. Well, thank God he wound up being okay, and he played the show the next night as planned and rocked it. He would call me every couple of months for a few years after that just to say hi. He would say that he was out on tour and just wanted to catch up. I thought that was so cool. He was a great entertainer, performer, guitarist, and singer, songwriter. But most of all, he was a great human. He had a kind, gentle nature about him. And the world got a little dimmer when Shorty's light went out. Rest in peace, Shorty. Hi, this is Rick Booth, president of Intrepid Artists. Uh, I just want to say a few words about Guitar Shorty. Um, we'll all miss Guitar Shorty. He was uh, he was a smiling face. He never met someone that, that he did not befriend. Uh, fantastic player and showman. Um, you know, it was a pleasure working for him. He was always sweet, never complained about a gig, loved playing for the people and loved being around the people and talking with all the blues people that would come up to him. Um, such a talented guy, um, doing his, um, flips on stage and, uh, all the shenanigans that he would do on stage at a, a very late age in his life, I might add. Um, such a uh, such a great player and such a, a sweet character. He certainly will be missed by everybody in the blues world, and I know everybody at Intrepid Artists International will miss him. Um, God bless. Take a look under your hood 
I want to make sure I'm little girl that your motor's running good. You got a fine Cadillac. You got a fine Cadillac. Ain't nothing but the driver that you buy for that fine Cadillac. You got a dead battery. I'm going to charge it for you. If you got a flat tire. I'll make that change too. Fine Cadillac. You got a fine Cadillac. Ain't nothing but the driver that you like. For that fine Cadillac. I'm gonna take you near. I'm gonna take you far. I'm gonna send you all the way to Hollywood. I'm gonna make you a star. We can go kind of fast. We might go real slow. All you gotta do is just let me know. I might wanna go left if you wanna go right. Long as I'm behind the wheel, everything is gonna be Drive you like for that 
Hey there, this is Kevin Self, and I wanted to talk a little bit about my friend, Guitar Shorty, who recently just passed away. Um, I met Shorty um, quite a few years ago when I was living in Roanoke, Virginia. I was booking uh, for the uh, Taste of the Blue Ridge Blues and Jazz Festival, and I had booked him for that show. And I didn't know that much about him. I knew that he was a great player, and he was, uh, he was Jimi Hendrix's brother-in-law. And uh, when I when he had gotten to uh, into Roanoke, I uh, I met him and I was just I was just so taken by what a genuine guy he was. He just had this big smile on his face, and you know you just you just wanted to like him. And um, I remember watching him later on that evening play, and just I was just awestruck at his at his stage presence and his energy and just the music that was coming from from his fingers and I was immediately a huge fan. Um, I ran into him a few more times over the years at different festivals that I was playing at that my band was playing at and the last time that I uh, I saw him was in Portland, Oregon, and he was playing at a little club here called um, Duff's Garage and I met him early for the show and I, I helped him load in his gear and you know we were talking about all sorts of things and even though I hadn't seen him in a few years he yeah he treated he treated me like family and I could see that he, he was like that with everybody and that show was a really special one it was it was a tiny club it held maybe 100 120 people and the place was just jam-packed and, and Shorty did this thing where he'd wander out into the audience and I couldn't see him, but I could tell that the tone of the guitar kind of had changed a little bit. And wandering back up to the stage with Shorty's guitar was Keb Moe. And I, I couldn't believe it. My jaw just dropped. And and Keb Moe play, ended up playing the rest of the night with Shorty. And he didn't, he didn't take a, a solo. He kind of just let Shorty do his thing. And I went up to, to Keb Moe after, after the, the show and I said, you know, what are you doing here at this little club? And he said, man, I don't, I don't miss a chance to see Shorty. He's like, I flew in from California just to see him. And he was a big mentor to, to Keb Moe. And that's, you know, Shorty was like that with, for so many people from, from Jimi Hendrix to, to Keb Moe to, to me to countless other musicians. And he was a really special guy. And I know all of us are going to miss him a lot. Hey, Dave, this is Dennis Jones. I met Guitar Shorty in the late 90s here in Southern California. We both played a club called Harvell's in Santa Monica, owned by a good friend of ours, Stephen Clark. We became quick friends. And um, I used to see him as much as possible. I'd see him at the Long Beach Blues Festival and other places. And we would just hang out. And um, I just, uh, I think when we really got close was uh, early 2001, I think. We were both in um, Memphis, Memphis in May. There was a festival there. And I remember he had played and it was raining. It was such a crazy day. And um, for some reason, his booking agency or someone didn't um, didn't book him a room for the second night he was there. So I was staying and I'm by myself, so I had Shorty stay with me. So we got in the room probably around 10 that night. And um, we just pulled out our guitars and just started playing. And um, 
he just started um, giving me a lesson of things that he's done in the past um, when he was a teenager and he played with uh, Sam Cooke. He, he played some of that music. He sh showed me some of the stuff he did when he played with Ray Charles. And I just, we didn't even sleep that night. We stayed up all night talking and playing music. And um, I, I really um, just, uh, that meant a lot to me because I know he didn't do that with many people. And um, I had the same thing happen with Robert Lockwood Jr. I was fortunate enough to have him do the same thing at Catalina Island one time, but that's another story. But anyway, um, when I, uh, I think he was doing an alligator release, his 2010 release, um, Bare Knuckles. And I had just finished my album, Pleasure and Pain, in 2009. And I had, I think only recorded like 11 or 12 songs. And I had probably 10 songs left over, and um, some of them I thought were really good. And he was looking for something to finish up his album uh, with, with uh, Bruce Eagle Hour on Alligator. And um, so they picked uh, Temporary Man. So he recorded one of my songs on, on his album. It's the last song on Bare, on Bare Knuckle, and I was really thrilled that he did that. It really meant a lot to me that, um, that he would choose one of my songs. One of my heroes picked one of my songs. You can only imagine how that feels. Um, you know, uh, he, he told me stories all the time about, you know, how him and uh, Jimmy's dad were very close. Jimmy Hendrix's dad were very, very close. He married his, his uh, Jimmy's stepsister, Marsha, and, and, and um, you know, just, I, I can't, I can't even begin to tell you all what he really meant to me. It was, he was just like um, a mentor, um, not a dad, but kind of like an older brother. Um, I mean, I'm the only one out here in my family from from Maryland and Baltimore. And to be here in Southern California, I just, um, you know, and have someone like that, that level just, uh, you know, he called me. Another thing, he called me almost every day, every day he could when he wasn't on the road. Sometimes even on the road, he would call me. I mean, many times I talked to him when his trailer got jackknifed in the middle of the night and he had to, you know, find a balloon or somebody in the band was a pain in the ass. He would always um, use me as a as a buffer or, or want my opinion on things, and um, that meant a lot. I still have tons of um, of uh, messages he left on my phone, and I, I will never erase them. You know, just to hear his voice, and he would call me Den Den. How you doing, Den Den? How you doing today? Call me back. And sometimes he called me in the morning and say, okay, I'll talk to you later. And I thought he meant tomorrow, but no, he meant later that day. <laughs> so we were really close and um, it still hasn't, um, God, I think talking about it. <sighs> I think talking about it right now is really all the things I'm thinking about. <sighs> I think talking about it right now has really, really brought a lot of stuff up that I haven't thought about in a long time. And uh, I will truly, truly miss the man and, uh, and his music and, God, I'm sorry. Oh, I really haven't sunk in yet, but. If you need more, let me know. All right, folks, what an incredibly moving and touching 
comment from DJ or Dennis Jones. Thanks for providing that, Dennis. I, I know this is a, was an awfully tough time for you. And when you mentioned uh, that, that he used the song Temporary Man on his Bare Knuckles record, let's go ahead and hear that tune right now. Okay, folks, well, I hope you're enjoying show number 383, Celebrating the Life of Guitar Shorty. For the fourth set, I wanted to play a song off of his newest CD called Go With The Flow. This was a 2019 CD 
produced by Jerry Snoop Dogg Williams. And listen to the words of this particular song, Go With The Flow. Uh, you'll hear many of the things that were mentioned in his interview with me, and uh, you'll hear many of the things that other people have mentioned, the acrobatics and Willie Dixon teaching him how to sing and getting his first guitar from Uncle Willie and all those things. But anyway, it's a very, very good song. Let's sit back and enjoy this one. Here is Guitar Shorty with Go With The Flow. This is a song that takes me back when I was a little boy. There's so many things that I can come up with on my guitar. I will never forget when I first picked up a guitar. That was my Uncle Willie. I wanted to play so bad when I, I would just cry. I would have chill bumps all over my arms. I guess in a way, I was born to play a guitar. In so many travels on the road, I think of so many ways, so many things, so many ways to play my guitar. So I would just let it flow. I remember when I was a little boy, six years old. I would steal my uncle's guitar <laughs> from under his bed and lean it up against the wall and frame on it and I call myself dancing. When I look back, I can say I'm going with the flow. I remember the first show I did with Lil' Milton. I would run across the stage, turn and flip. <laughs> Lil Milton would say, he would do a double take. And he would say, where did that boy come from? I'm here. I would say that I was going with the flow. I'll never forget the time I did shows with B.B. King. That's when I would turn flips on the stage, stand on my head, then get up, run with the guitar, and flip with the guitar, not missing a beat, land on my side, start running around on my side, the people could not believe they could not believe it that was me I called that going with the flow 
going back. The first time I went in a recording studio with Willie Dixon. He took me in this. That was Cobra Records. My two songs I could not sing. Not sing them. Willie took my first two songs, closed the studio down, and taught me how to sing my own songs. <laughs> That was a blessing. That's how my recording life started. Now I'm going with the flow. There's so many things I can tell you about my life, my history of life, about me playing guitar and singing. So many people that has helped me. to what happened recently. I have a little sweetie called Baby Cakes. She's my inspiration. This is Art Paul, the editor of Blues Music Magazine, with a few remembrances of Guitar Shorty. I first met Shorty in 1994 as I was assigned to do a feature on him for Blues Review Magazine. That was my first national story ever. I was nervous. I didn't know whether I had the right questions, but sitting with him at the original House of Blues in Cambridge, Massachusetts, just put me totally at ease. He was a really gentle and special person. That night, I remember him clearing the, the uh, stage area so that he could do his running flip for all the fans who were there. I've seen him do that flip five times. That night at the House of Blues, I saw him do it at the Levee in Helena, Arkansas at the King Biscuit Fest. I saw him do it at the Pocono Blues Fest. I saw him do it out front of Theodore's Club in Springfield, Massachusetts. And I saw him do it in Ottawa. Every time he did it, it was special. Now, one memory I have of him, a more recent one, it was in about 2008 or nine. He was performing a studio show, and we had about an hour of time on the card that we were filming, and I was supposed to close out the show and thank the crowd. And as we got to the one-hour mark, Shorty started to play, you know, what he called the Shores of Tripoli, and as he started to play that, all the veterans in the audience stood up, and I'm looking at the clock going... Well, wait a minute, we're almost we're over the hour now and we're running out of time on the card. So as soon as this song is over, I'll just take him off the stage. And at that moment, he switched and went right into the national anthem. And at that point everybody stood up. And I looked over at the promoter and said, No way am I taking him off the stage during the national anthem. Shorty finished that and then he went into another blues rock number from the Hendrix catalog and he was very well acquainted with the Hendrix catalog because he had married Jimi Hendrix's stepsister but here's the last thing I want to share you with I asked him in that first meeting I said uh, Shorty 
What do you want fans to leave your show with? And this is what he said to me. I want them to love me because I love all people. I don't see race, color, I just see people. When I see them smile, that makes me happy. When they smile, I work harder. When I finish and come back, that's what I'm looking for, that beautiful smile. And I want them to remember me because I'm always going to be me. I see a lot of these entertainers who have all these bodyguards around them. I don't want that. I want to be able to go out in the crowd and mingle with the people and be able to talk to them. If they want to touch me, I want them to be part of me. Some artists won't talk to them. The people want to talk to them. I think those cats that put themselves on a pedestal are not going to last a long time. When I go down, I want to go down as a loving person. And that was the last thing that Shorty told me in that first interview. He was a very special, gentle, creative, innovative performer, and he will be missed. This is Art Tapaldi, editor of Blues Music Magazine. All right, folks, and I want to thank Art Tapaldi for taking the time to, to celebrate Guitar Shorty's life and uh, how it's impacted him and some of his great stories. I uh, really enjoyed that. Big shout out to all those folks who have helped this show in celebration. I hope it sounds okay. I know some of the quality um, and some of the recordings are a little tricky and probably a little questionable in quality, but I was provided them in lots of different formats, and some of them sound great, some of them didn't, but at any rate, I couldn't have done it without everybody. Uh, certainly one of the, probably the more complicated productions I've done since I started this show back in 2006. Uh, special thanks to Art Topaldi, Rick Booth, Kevin Self, Evan Caleb Gutierrez, Tad Dickens, Dennis Jones, Bob Cortor, Bobby Blackhat Walters, Carrie Hurley, Billy the Kid, A.J. Gross, Zach Harmon, Shrimp City Slim, Mick Colossa, Marilyn Stringer for her photograph, Alligator Records for some of the content, obviously, and many, many others. If this is your first time listening to the show, you can subscribe to my shows uh, where you get your favorite podcasts, or you can listen to it on Facebook, or better yet, you can go out and listen to my show on Kansas City Online Radio. That's KCOR. You can find that on the web at kconlineradio.com. And folks, as I always say in my show, you know what to do. Go out and buy this music. And I used to say, better yet, go out and see them live and let them know you heard their music on the Blues and the Blood show. Your first stop for the best of the blues. Well, you obviously can't go out and see Shorty anytime soon, but his music will live on. And uh, I encourage you to go out and, and buy his music. And of course, support live music, folks. Now that this virus is kind of on its way out, go out and support all these musicians and do what you can. Buy their CDs, their T-shirts, their merch, whatever you can do. Go out and simply support live music. I hope you have learned that uh, we all love Guitar Shorty. We all will miss him. He was such a kind soul, and uh, he will forever be missed. So until next time, this is your brother Dave Harrison reminding you to keep the blues alive and keep the blues in the blood. R.I.P. David Kearney. Um, Shorty, uh, you'll, you've been in this business, I mentioned, over 50 years. What can people expect when they see a Guitar Shorty show? I guess for those people who hadn't had the opportunity to see it. Well, I'm a perform for them like it's my last time. Mm -hmm. I always tell them, there goes, there's no tomorrow.
Youth, baby.